0: on this train everyone please leave the train april 28th 2020 it's another episode of i heart asterisk new york the only podcast about new york city as far as we are aware my name is hal leon from brooklyn new york and joining me as always is veronica yourofsky in manhattan
1: oh i did not get to introduce myself thank you <laughs> oh I'm sorry do you <laughs>
0: i don't know it's uh it's harder with the uh uh video call because you know you want to sort of like end what you're saying and then give the other person room to say what they're saying you know there's not really a, a ability to cut off yeah people understand how podcasts work
1: that's fair uh, I, you're not a sexist pig <laughs>
0: <laughs> a lot's happened since we uh last retorted. when we first when we last retorted, we were uh, right at the beginning of the coronavirus shelter in place had not started um obviously a lot's changed since then and we just want to do like a quick recap of yeah what's
1: i mean it was a roaring success we're all roaming the streets in groups of 50 and more <laughs> and no one is impacted thank you president trump for all the tests that you gave us and for all the tracing and the antibody exams we almost had too much
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's been it's been iffy we're obviously in a state that's had the most cases uh despite like you know other cities with the similar density doing better than us right. um and, and
1: having you know like three months of warning
0: yes we had a lot of warning <laughs> and time we to just,
1: prepare yeah
0: yeah pretty much um yeah so uh so for people who don't live here uh when you When I leave outside, it's pretty much like people are still walking around. There's traffic is a lot less, much fewer cars, and everyone's wearing masks, of course, and all the restaurants are now on delivery only or closed in my neighborhood, at least. Uh, Grocery stores are mostly back to normal, except everyone has plastic shields and masks when they check you out. Uh, You can buy most things again, and you can also find masks in most of the bodegas and grocery stores. Uh, What's it like around you?
1: Uh, I mean, much the same as what you described. Uh, A lot of people wearing masks. Um, uh, Yeah, and everything is delivery or takeout only. Um, Our stores have been, like, very... uh, I mean, basically, like, they've instituted uh these you know limits as to how many people can enter a store and so uh in our area at least there's a line around the block to get into trader joe's basically at all hours of the day that a trader joe's is open it's less so for like a fairway but it's still like it very much seems that you know people are still like wanting to go and get groceries and have people to wait want in their line. seasonal line I mean, yeah, it is, it's kind of jarring. It also, I mean, obviously we all know the Trader Joe's in the city are notoriously crowded. But it is odd that I went, I actually took a longer walk and went to a Western Beef the other day. (laughs) And, which is also another chain that is, I think has a reputation for not being expensive. It definitely seemed like from the prices. And there was barely a way to get in. So it really seems like for some reason there's some magic in the Trader Joe's secret recipe (laughs) that, you know, keeps people uh, wanting to line up for probably like 30 minutes to get into the store. I mean, once you do, it's fairly quick because, you know, there's barely anyone there. I think most recently they've, they've installed plexiglass here, too. Uh they've also stopped uh accepting your reusable bags at Trader Joe's. Yes.
0: Because of the uh recent uh change in the law this year.
1: No, so they stopped accepting bags. So like they'll
0: take it. Oh I see.
1: So they will not so they will not only will they not pack your groceries into a bag that you've brought, they now also don't let you even pack your groceries into your own bag. Uh I'm not sure what the reasoning behind it is. Maybe so the people don't linger by, you know, the cashiers or whatever.
0: Um, They're packing your groceries into new paper bags. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. I was. Yeah. I have not seen that in my grocery store, but I can see the argument for why that would be. They want to avoid contact or whatever. Yeah. But, um, that's super cool. And we're driving Western beef. Hey. Put the word "south" in front of it, and now you've got my attention. Mm, some tacos. You've I said already. This joke yesterday.
1: Yeah, you've <laughs> already used this joke, but you know what? It's brand new to it's our a, listener.
0: <laughs> it's a good joke. Yeah. All right. Well, that's like pretty much the catch-up. Uh, a lot has changed in the news, and we'll try and tackle some of that too as we go on in the podcast. Uh, so, first off, we want to do we want to do a quick update on a story we tried to cover in the last episode, which is about which is about Mayor de Blasio's wife, Shirley McRae (laughs) and her bid for a sort of nominal position, the Brooklyn president uh, role, which is a race that's coming up either, I think next year, maybe this year, actually, it might be on the ballot this year. Um, I think it is. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, and so she was. Uh, she started an organ, or she was given eight hundred and fifty million dollars over the course of a, a year or two to start an organization called Thrive NYC, whose stated purpose is to address mental health issues. And recently, as of like uh, February, uh, the NYC Tom Scott Stranger came out with a pretty incendiary letter to the director of the organization, uh, asking them to clarify their metrics. Uh, have more accurate accounting, and stop adding additional programs over time. It does seem like from an outside perspective that the organization has mostly thrown the money away with very little accounting or oversight.
1: You should say how much money, because it's not... You would think that's, you know, like a vanity post for a politician's wife. How much would that be worth? Like a million, (laughs) two million... How about eight hundred and fifty million?
0: It's insane. I remember when the number first got said on the podcast, you gasped. (laughs) You audibly gasped.
1: Yeah. No, it is. Some articles say a billion dollars. I think so. There is still like, I think, disagreement between like Politico and the Daily News. So I'm not really sure who to believe. But yeah, there's definitely like, this is insane.
0: (laughs) Right, and the most recent news is that she has been appointed to uh, to co-chair a task force on racial equality in the COVID nineteen recovery, which is something we'll talk about later. But uh, and then then someone had to clarify from City Hall, a spokesperson, that the task force has no authority to make decisions <laughs> and is not designed to promote. His wife's political career.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's one of those things when someone says, "This is not for this purpose." That it's clearly like that is expressly for the purpose of her being elected to again this largely ceremonial role of Brooklyn Borough President. That I assume most people don't really care about that we probably only know because it's Eric Adams, right? That's the current one.
0: Eric Adams. Ins- uh, not, in- okay, uh, as an incendiary person. <laughs> not- I was going to yeah. use a more charged term.
1: I feel like I mostly know that post for him just violating, uh, like, pla- basically being a placard abuser. Yes. Like, for basically just parking by the steps to the entrance to Borough Hall.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yeah. So, that is crazy, And I mean, I don't know that I have anything substantive to say about it, other than to say that it's we should all be way more upset about it than we are.
0: Yeah, (laughs) especially,
1: you know, with like our, you know, budget deficit probably going to be in the billions of dollars. We can all look to at least one of those and see where we could get some money back.
0: Yes, as massive cuts are being levied onto the educational system and the services for, you know, uh, the, the needy, uh, it seems kind of insane to not at least think about, like, all the money we lost on <laughs> Shirley <Macrae laughs> Yeah uh, and her s- a solo journey to solve mental illness and racial inequality <laughs> uh. in the city. Uh, Eric yes. Adams is also the person who once held a press conference and told people he was, was going to start carrying a gun and lay off his bodyguards to <laughs> save money for the city.
1: <laughs> Thank you, uh, Eric. Thank you, Eric a, Adams.
0: Just a very, just a person who likes to uh, shoot from the hip, I guess.
1: Literally <laughs> and figuratively.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's a slight fun update. And uh, bigger news now. Uh, today was the... Uh, today and, well, I guess in the past two days, uh, uh, have been big news for the L-Train uh, rehabil- Rehabilitation... Like Canarsie Tunnel Rehabilitation pro- Project. A lot of words to string together. Um, the uh, uh, Among uh, uh, surprisingly little fanfare, Cuomo uh, held a press conference and... Uh, announced that the project was complete ahead of time and schedule and budget, that the MTA had saved around $100 million from the initial $926 million budget. And he listed a bunch of things that happened to the tunnel, most of which revolve around fiber optics, monitoring, and a, a fourth rail that runs power back on the third rail.
1: You should also know that I believe he started the press conference with just gloating. He was like, some said that I should not be interfering. Some said that I should not be.
0: (laughs) This is like the classic Cuomo victory lap where he takes credit for something that he sort of messed up in the first place. This also happened when I believe there was like... uh, uh, what was it it was something to do with like marijuana de- uh, decriminalization which we talked about on the podcast earlier where he was the one stalling the budget for what for the bill and then once he negotiated well once like the legislature gave him his demands he let the bill be passed and then he trumpeted the change as something that he, he did even though it was him blocking it <laughs> um but yeah classic so, so the, cuomo classic cuomo vintage uh, so, cuomo What'd you say?
1: I would say so, cause I assume we're going to talk about him and his response to the coronavirus.
0: Yeah. Uh, he's a big figure for sure. Yeah.
1: It definitely is like nice to remember the old Cuomo
0: too. Spiteful, uh, personal vendetta ish. Yeah. <laughs> Cuomo. Yeah. That, that's largely like a Cuomo that hasn't been seen on the national stage. Um, as, as his press conferences have become more and more popular uh, he's got, like, an audience, but they only see him in this one instance, whereas I think New York uh, City is, has seen him in a lot of more range of experiences. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Sh-
1: should this be the time where we talk about, you know, Corona Daddy <laughs> Cuomo?
0: Yeah. Corona Daddy sort of an offshoot. Well, this is an offshoot of Train Daddy, almost. Uh, yes. Something that happened in the L-Train uh, thing is that Cuomo took the took uh took power away from the new york city transit and placed it under i believe the mta capital construction mm-hmm. uh so you know like by completing the l train and trumpeting its uh its success he's overlooking the fact that he threw away years of hard work <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and that uh, he, he forced one of the most popular probably figures in on the public stage out of office but yeah Cuomo, yeah a daddy <laughs>
1: I mean, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like a hard thing to reconcile because you know we've made fun of Cuomo or you know, you know, critiqued him gently. Uh, <laughs>
0: we talked about his weird poster,
1: <laughs> his weird poster, his air train in farther into Queens from That's Laguardia, weird. his other—I mean, his uh, scuffs scuffles with Train Daddy, but. I got to say, like, it is maybe since the bar is so low, given our federal leadership, it has been very and strangely reassuring to uh, listen to Cuomo's briefings every day and sort of know that there is at least, like, someone attempting to do a competent job. That's Um, true. Yeah.
0: But it should be pointed out that... This crisis is a crisis of his own making. He, like many people in the government, he uh, he disregarded information about the coronavirus, right. and even up until like the point we were sheltering in place. He was, his office was sending out misinformation. I think it's, I think if I were like the governor of like Washington or like some of the West Coast states, I would be like, you know, (laughs) it's nice that he's experiencing leadership, but where's like (laughs) the actual praise being allocated to (laughs) when there are other states that have done better jobs.
1: Yeah. There's a great article if you guys haven't read uh, on the uh, New Yorker about how like, yeah, like that people keep basically your point about how like Seattle and Washington actually did a way better job at containing it. I think like the fact that like uh, Cuomo gets the spotlight is because like you said, like, again, we had all, you know, the information about, you know, coronavirus being a major threat like months ago. And yeah, like everyone dragged their feet. Uh, And I agree with all of that, but I still think that, like, even, like, the ability to, you know, admit to that and still do the right thing and not, unlike our fearless leader, double down on bullshit, like, is positive. I'll, I'll, like, you know what? Yes, he's not perfect by any stretch, (laughs) but just, like, the fact that now he is, like, kind of, like, fighting for our state to get, like, everything we need— And he's, you know, shitting on Mitch McConnell in the process. It's kind (laughs) of nice. Um, But yeah, obviously, like, this, you know, our lockdown or whatever should have started way earlier. Uh, And I think today he even, like, did an interview, or maybe it was yesterday, where he was like, I wish I would have like blown the bugle i think like he used like a weird phrase about it basically like he it's wanted to say
0: with uh, john oliver <laughs> yeah <laughs> <That's->
1: <laughs> no he i think what he was trying to say is that like i wish i sounded the alarm about it yes. but i think what he actually said i believe he used the word bugle About, like, I wish, like, if, if, you know, blew the bugle. It's exactly that. Cuomo says he wishes he blew the bugle on the virus in January. Uh, So this is an interview that he did with HBO, I guess. He kept repeating blew the bugle several (laughs) times. Or at least that's what the article says. It quotes him several times saying blew the bugle.
0: There's Uh, definitely a staffer at the edge uh, being like, stop saying that. (laughs)
1: cut it out uh but yeah um so yeah it's kind of it so yeah as i said overall it's a weird situation to be kind of sitting at home and you know finding andrew cuomo to be the most trustworthy politician that you can listen to about the coronavirus that's
0: true that's true how do you feel about his um uh his uh, slashing Medicare costs And forcing the city to pick up the bill That's sort of a story that Didn't get as much coverage Among all the other things yes. But it, it is fun to still see him and de Blasio Like duke it out um,
1: Well it seems like things? it's not as bad As it meant to be Apparently like people were fearing That it would be like a billion dollars You know much like was- The Thrive NYC budget <laughs> Uh and it's actually just a few, like, a few hundred million is, like, mm-hmm. still an insane amount of money. But, yeah. I mean, not great, <laughs> you know? I don't not feel great. great about it. Again, this is, like, why it's so weird to, you know, be rooting for him at all.
0: Yes. He's a complicated figure, for sure. Yeah. But he is having a moment right now. He's Let definitely
1: having a moment. And to be honest, like, if I were to be able to vote, and I would definitely like if Biden and him were like my only two choices, I would probably pick him over Biden. <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> <laughs> President Cuomo, huh has a ring to it. Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's,
1: but yeah, I mean, how do you feel about the Medicaid thing?
0: Uh, oh, it's Medicaid. Ooh, that's bad. I always get this confused. Um, yeah. I I, I, th- I think Cuomo. It's very hard for me to figure out why Cuomo does some of the things he does. I I guess I come from a philosophy that government, sort of like the parts and rec philosophy of government, like government should be collaborative and, I don't know, serve the people who need it the most. And Cuomo, on those two counts, don't he doesn't do a great job. Where he's done good, he's done it almost by accident. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... Like he, I remember when his press conferences first started picking up steam that on Twitter people would talk about how his staff was surprised that people liked him <laughs> uh, <laughs> after the press conferences. Like They were shocked that people had that reaction. Um, I don't know. I think he's certainly a better and more skilled politician than um, de Blasio is. He's better managing his image, but in terms of the good that he's done, it's... He's sort of like de Blasio. There are progressive items you can point to in his legacy, but there are obvious things that he hasn't done yet. He He's like, it's the things he hasn't done that I think should define him. He hasn't raised the taxes on the wealthy to fix the budgetary issues. He hasn't, he by and large ignored the empty until Andy Byford started, you know, getting credit for what he was doing. He, and now we get pictures of him. There was a hilarious picture of him in the L train subway where he's just standing against the wall and holding <laughs> <like a rail laughs> and just staring oh, yeah. into the distance. And that's the header photo that ran on the New York Times article.
1: Yeah. I mean yeah. I'm yeah. Not sure.
0: I guess I don't. I really dislike people who care about status and image. And for him, he represents like that kind of politician to me. But I also understand that he's like a beacon of hope <laughs> in a very, very grim time that we're undergoing right now. He's complicated.
1: He is. Yeah, no one understands him, but his woman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I believe he doesn't. He's unattached to anyone. He might have a girlfriend. I think he has a girlfriend.
1: I think he has an ex, or at least they interviewed an ex. About yeah, him. there was
0: a very creepy photo from his account about with him, his ex-wife and his daughters, and it, like his son, I think, sitting down to dinner. It was like no, it, a it's form- a
1: boyfriend.
0: Boyfriend, sorry.
1: Yeah,
0: just sitting down for dinner, and it's the most formal shot. It's like a Kubrick. <laughs> yeah shot photo and Every- there's not enough food on the table which makes this so weird but
1: there's so many so everyone has their own individual salt and pe- pepper shaker yeah. like it's very odd it's as if they were like okay we don't want any of us to touch the same thing so we each <laughs> get one of whatever um yeah. yeah it's 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 a weird photo it's definitely like from the shining like the last yes. image in the shining like you said um yeah But, yeah, there was, like, an article at the New York Times about—this was before—this was during, like, the train daddy things, and I don't know how much it was, like, something from his camp to attempt to, like, resurrect his reputation behind that stuff, but— it was about how, like, he's actually a tinkerer, and, like, he can't help but meddle, because, like, that's in his blood. Like, he, he wants to go down, and he wants to fix everything. So, it was, like, definitely trying to spin that in that way, as opposed to just, like, you know, you, you know like, you said, like, the fame-seeking part. But then again, yeah. like, when you, like, name a bridge after your dad, I don't know, like, how much like how much credence that i mean i suppose people contain multitudes so whatever people but do
0: contain multitudes and the altering project is impressive that he was able to put together an alternative plan yeah. and then sort of like ram it through people's <laughs> yeah agendas so quickly but then it worked so you know proof is in the pudding maybe i
1: mean i think it's one of those things and i suppose you know like we all I mean, not all of us, but I guess like the, you know, the liberals uh, hate Mitch McConnell, but I would love to have a Mitch McConnell on our side. Like, you know, a guy who like manipulates every last inch of the system to get his way. Like, and it definitely feels like Cuomo is probably like the closest that we have to that in the sense of like if he's on your side and ramming through your agenda i'm sure you don't like have an issue with that much like you know when he's like shitting on trump for 10 minutes during like a press conference you're all like oh my god oh my god oh my god but (laughs) but then like yeah he goes and like slashes medicaid or you know again builds a train to nowhere (laughs) then it's like or, like, builds those, like, weird sculptures outside the entrances to some, like, subway stations that people aren't oh, paying yeah. attention to.
0: What happened to those? I mean, they <laughs> still exist,
1: weird. and they cost, you know, a pretty penny. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, definitely, like, a complicated figure. And, I mean, yeah. this might all be, like, Stockholm Syndrome talking. But, yeah, you know, I feel like perhaps we should, like, you know... Yeah. Give praise when praise is due. <laughs> and so. while I agree that like we should have responded to this way earlier than we did, I feel like once the gravity of this whole thing hit, I think he like, you know, is fighting for the state, which is, you know, better yeah. than we can say for some people.
0: Only time will tell where like he stands in the history of like New York governors, but he's definitely one of the more interesting ones. Yeah. Uh, there's also a great article. I think it's older. It predates the coronavirus. I think it's in the New York times. I read it recently. I wish I had more details, but I can't pull it up at the moment. Uh, it was about how Cuomo and de Blasio came up in the New York scene. Cause at one point, uh, it, is the, it is Cuomo in the federal administration for HUD, Housing Urban Development, under Clinton. Right. And he's the one who pulls de Blasio up as a, w- w- de-, de Blasio at the time is on city council, not a mayor yet. And mm-hmm. he's the one who pulls de Blasio up to help him with his work. And that's a, that's the time that De Blasio gets like national recognition for the first time. Fascinating stuff. It seems like they used to be friends, and then they had a real <laughs> falling out.
1: <laughs> a long time ago, we used yeah. to be friends, but uh... yeah,
0: it's, this is a new <laughs> segment where Veronica sings. <laughs> fun song. I'm not sure what who the band is. I wish I could pull. Oh, it's that the Dandy
1: Warhols, baby.
0: The Dandy Warhols, fantastic.
1: Um, um,
0: so, yeah. yeah. We should talk about the main thing that's, I think, on at least my mind, and maybe your mind, maybe all our minds, uh, which is the, uh, the 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 inequality that's been revealed by the coronavirus. This starts off at, in like a pretty dark place, which is that uh, the New York City does it New end City,
1: in a non-dark place?
0: <laughs> it does not end in a much better place than where it starts off. But uh, so, if, I don't know if people were aware of this, but when the coronavirus epidemic first started, there was actually one web page that like pretty much summarized what was happening and you could if you went there pretty much like skip the news which is what i was trying to do skip the news and it was the page on on the it was like a coronavirus like uh like information mm-hmm. fact page on nyc.gov which mostly listed the stats it was under like the doh mm-hmm. um and it would just show you like the daily peop- the, the number of people from yesterday that had cases and the number of people who died So you could see like the graph was going up and we weren't anywhere near peaking. That, I think, was pretty good in terms of like showing you what was happening that day, like summarize, like, you know, it's going up exponentially. We haven't passed the peak. Uh, But then there was like an increasing outcry for the raw data, which uh, eventually did happen. Because a lot of other states were at the time releasing, uh, or cities were releasing information by county and zip code, which we weren't doing. And the first day that we like the the government acquiesced to those demands from like the press uh, and the media, it was Im- immediately apparent why they hadn't. With because that information, and I'll share my screen now so we can like all look at sort of the same
1: thing. You too, uh, listener. You too can share our screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: it's this page. Uh, Uh, It's like it's a purple map and it details like where the case um, let me I love that it's a PDF.
1: I love that they could not use any of like the map APIs that are available (laughs) so that people could actually, you know, interact with this map.
0: I actually have a theory about that because a lot of bad news from the New York City government comes out in the form of PDFs. I think it's because it discourages people from linking to them because people reading the news probably don't want to open a PDF oh. on the phone or whatever. So it's not like but I don't know.
1: general fear of integrating with unknown APIs?
0: <laughs> yeah, that I don't know. But yeah so this is a breakdown of percent of patients testing positive by zip code of where they live i believe there's a, like ambiguity about that on twitter uh, initially
1: where what date is this from because it's not the, to judge your thing it looks oh, out no. of date
0: this is updated daily so oh it's really 4th, okay. april 28th yeah somebody okay. i think some poor intern has to upload a bunch of pdfs every night uh, and I'll, like, refresh my phone and look at it before I go to sleep. And this do, is uh,
1: deaths? What are we looking at?
0: This is per- percent of patients testing positive. We'll, and then we'll cover deaths later because oh. I don't think they've broken down deaths by...
1: This uh, is the- interesting because I've been looking at uh, the, de- uh, the case map uh, from another source. I believe it's WNYC. And it seemed like Staten Island has... Oh, this is per capita. Maybe, th- is yeah. this not per capita? Oh, this is no, just numbers. No, this is just number. percent
0: of patients, oh, okay. which I guess is per capita, right? That would divide out the number of people living. Uh, in well, the it doesn't
1: seem to be because Staten Island should be way more purple, if that is the case. Anyway, sorry. So, Staten
0: Island has a low number of cases, but divided by, like, how many people live in Staten Island, it becomes much higher.
1: That is, maybe, seems is the, to be the, the case, theory. yeah. All right, sorry, never mind. Did not mean to interrupt you. Just wanted to said the...
0: Scene. no not at all so this like led the news cycle like for a while people weren't talking about this but from this map it's very obvious that people in Manhattan just have like the lowest number of case instances you're welcome is, uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> and, um, that's
1: very shitty yeah <laughs> On i mean it's not
0: there are lots of reasons why that might be but it was later corroborated by like uh an interesting point from the trash collection department, the Department of Sanitation, that they're, they're collecting like 10% less trash from Manhattan. It's obvious that people in Manhattan sort of have fled, which is probably, you know, they have the resources.
1: Well, and, uh, it also, I don't know whether it's fled, but it's also just Manhattan. We all know that the population of Manhattan increases by a million or more every day when during work hours and then people just leave.
0: Right, so, it's, a, it's a transient area. Yeah, I so I yeah. think
1: it's just it doesn't really... I mean, obviously, yeah, so it just doesn't have as many people. I mean, that doesn't account... My per capita chart for Manhattan is actually very similar to yours, so I'm sure that's, yeah. like, not the only reason. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it's just... I feel like it's probably also... No, I don't think that's actually true, so I'm not going to say it. Anyway, right. sorry, go on.
0: Uh, uh, but i think the thing that this is still not like what people want people want like raw data uh, again you have to like balance it with like an anonymity cuz it's health information but it's still hard to like make inferences off this information but it's like it's it's shocking that so like so the areas that are most affected by the coronavirus if you were just going off of this map it's br- the Bronx it's the area around LaGuardia which is like uh east queens or like north queens yeah elmhurst
1: uh, yeah, like the Elmhurst, Rego Park areas, I believe.
0: Yep, pretty much. And then there's like a, and then there's like another pop around JFK, which is like East Brooklyn, some of the poorest areas. in Yeah, New York.
1: Jamaica, East New York. Uh, yeah. Yeah, some of like parts, sort of like way like Eastern Bushwick. Yes. Uh, and down there, I mean, I don't know if we want to like bury delete, but it's. You know the people who still have to go to work while the rest mm-hmm. of us are sitting at home.
0: And it's also probably places where people are living more densely. Probably yeah. people are li- living with elders too. Yeah. And then the other places are like Sunset Park, uh, Kensington, and South Slope. Uh, and then yeah, Borough yeah, Park there.
1: is a big one, and that's obviously because of the Jewish population. Yes. Uh, uh yeah
0: <laughs> One, Two, three, seven. And that's something we haven't covered on the podcast but you, if you're interested you should definitely look up the <laughs> orthodox jewish response to the coronavirus yeah pandemic. it's
1: I, I mean everywhere i as maybe some people know i have family in israel and that's definitely been a major issue there as well yeah uh, but yeah I'm, i mean yeah like williamsburg and borough park i think the only zip code in williamsburg that's kind of like that is uh you know the area where there's still orthodox jews
0: yes and they're very powerful i mean in the city so it's hard to like regulate them too well it's also it's also also hard hard to say they're
1: very uh, powerful without you know sounding (laughs) (laughs) anti-semitic
0: I mean, they have their own hospitals and they have their own police. So it's like it's a it's a odd situation. <laughs> and they
1: have their own Hollywood, which is Hollywood. <laughs> Sorry. it would I wonder
0: if they would It would be funny to see an orthodox Jewish person be in charge of Hollywood. Seems like they would be <laughs> I don't know. They're interested in one all one the sex scenes
1: are through a sheet. <laughs>
0: Well, you can say it.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I can't. <laughs> all right, sorry. And
0: and then so like more information is coming out. I think the thing that you and I have talked about often is that case numbers don't. They're of dubious accuracy because not everyone has equal access to right. tests, and uh, it's not obvious that the tests are all that good at the moment. Um, yeah, we seem to have like a lot a high false positive or false negative
1: we've rate. definitely joked about how you know you want to get a test you should cough on a rich person <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's <laughs> the most surefire way to we get a out. test right now
0: yeah But the thing that doesn't, that that does seem accurate across countries and cities and municipalities is deaths. And the numbers that have come out are shocking because it's out of 100,000 people, blacks and Latinos are in, blacks have 127.1 deaths and Latinos have 114 deaths. That's compared to whites and Asians, which are, who are at uh, 63.5 and Mm 51.6. So basically for every one white person that's died, two black people have died from the coronavirus out of 100,000 uh, so it's like, it's pretty obvious that the coronavirus is affecting the our city unequally, which I think is pretty much the story everywhere in America. Yeah. And it seems like as soon as the coronavirus, like the efforts to stop it and to contain it, uh, and we have to do a serious reckoning at some point about <laughs> the state of our country. Because <laughs> yeah. for the first time ever, it's like stark. It's showing up in the deaths that's happening.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. And while. You know, people claim this is not racist. I mean, I suppose, but it's definitely like emphasizes the inequality of our economic system that, you know, that kind of the people in charge. I want to say it nicely, (laughs) but, you know, (laughs) it's just, you know, the fact that like. Yes, the virus itself is not racist, but our unequal economic system that is definitely racist is contributing to such a thing where I assume, you know, the people who bag the bags at the fairway at the Upper West Side don't live there, you know, like they have to travel there from somewhere probably in the Bronx, but perhaps in Queens and... You know, like, those people don't have the luxury of, uh, you know, just staying home and either working from home or, like, still receiving a paycheck from, like, one of those good employers that literally, like, has to be a nice employer because, like, there's nothing in the government, like, that would compel them to actually do anything, you know? So, like, it's... Yeah, it's, ve- it's so infuriating. I remember reading this, like, thing about this young woman who I think she worked at some grocery store. I want to say Fairway, but I'm not sure. And, like, she died because of the coronavirus that she contracted. And she wanted to keep working because she said that she wanted to help people. And then, like, her family got her less paycheck. And it was for, like some insanely laughable small amount of like fifteen dollars and it's like so heartbreaking that this person like lost their lives in order to like get that paycheck and like to you know and they wanted to like she wanted to help people and it's so sad Ah, it's so frustrating
0: (laughs) It's it's incredibly frustrating, and uh, it's it's something that you know. It's something that at least in New York is even more frustrating because our the people in charge are ostensibly liberals and they're progressives. De Blasio ran his campaign on <laughs> twenty thirteen about inequality. He said it over and over again, and very little seems to have done been done between then and now.
1: Right, because um, and- I mean he still like is at the whims of like big business and big real estate and yep. Yep. you know
0: the, the police union just this week the the budget cuts were announced for a lot of departments but police they they got raises <laughs> i mean it's tough to like reconcile that with what's happening and uh, and still like maintain like a facade that you know like our government cares about the people who uh need the most um anyway it's all very, it's all very tragic. I think the data is still, like, it's 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 easy to point fingers, but like the data still is very unclear about like what's happening. But still, clearly something is, and people should, you know, keep an eye on it. Uh, but something that's happened, uh, this is even sadder, unfortunately. Before we get to the really funny part, uh, <laughs> that, I hope uh, it's
1: super funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the the house, the unhoused population in New York has. Uh, had a very divisive uh, relationship with the subway. Mostly people like to post pictures of the people sleeping in the subway around. So between, there are a couple train lines where it's kind of bad. It's like the E-Train and the 4-Train. Between like, after like around 2 a.m. Like around 4 a.m. I think, if you're taking these trains, there are cars that are just populated by the- Why miles.
1: the 4-Train? I understand the E-Train because it's never outside, but why the 4-Train?
0: I'm not sure. I think it's because, I I don't know. I, some people have said that certain stations on the four train lead to some of the bigger homeless shelters, ah, which I can see as a reason. Okay. But I might. It might just be that you know. It's like there's, the four trains are they they run frequently. They're nice. They're like well lit. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, it's
1: an express <laughs> it's an express <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah fewer stops you get more sleep um, but yeah there, you, you do see these awful photos and you know the traditional hot take is that you know like that this is gross it's, I, 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 that's a reductive cake but I, often I see people on Twitter just say that and I'm like this is there. this is not the fault of the people in the photo this is the fault of a uh, institution Right, um, and just uh, as after the coronavirus happened, I think it's gotten worse, which is a bit, which is kind of a mystery because supposedly there are more shelters. They have opened hotels up to uh, the unhoused. Yeah. Uh, they are trying to social distance the homeless. The numbers coming out of the deaths coming out of the homeless system are actually not that bad. They're definitely bad, but they're not that bad. It's like, it's not like thousands of them uh, have died. I think it's more like in the hundreds or like the low hundreds. Yeah. Um, so it's working. And but there does seem to be a huge uptick in the people sleeping on trains and de Blasio. Well, first of all, this the person who replaced uh, Andy
1: Byford,
0: Andy Byford, the interim head of the New York City Transit Authority, whose name I don't have. I just know she's a woman. I think her name is Sally something. Don't quote me on that. Sarah
1: Feinberg.
0: Sarah Feinberg came out with an op-ed in the new in the New York Post saying that it's basically a whine. I don't know if that's how you're how you read it, but it felt like she was just complaining that's you know she says like since last summer we've had cleaners hired more MTA police and through our task force stepped up our partnership with organizations we are changing our code of conduct to make it abundantly clear that the mm-hmm. transit system must be used by people for transport only not for sheltering sleeping
1: cuz you or know we're all reading the code of conduct every time we swipe our metro cards
0: yeah, I don't know what she's trying to do here. It seems like empty posturing. It seems like this. she's such a step down from Andy Byford. Well,
1: I like that there was one thing that she said where it was like, just because you push the problem down to the underground or to the subway doesn't mean that it's gone or something yeah. like that. That was very much true because it definitely seems like the city is perfectly like content under normal circumstances to just like... I mean, not perfectly content. I mean, it is true that they're trying these outreach programs or whatever. But, like, I mean, it definitely seems like, you know, like, this has been a problem for such a long time. And to just, like, I think, like, the what does the the governor said that it was disgusting or something? That they're down there. And it's like, no, this is, like, not a new problem. (laughs) You know? Yeah,
0: it's... It's only new because the news cycle is finally forcing you to, like, say something in public about it. Which is, like, the shitty thing. That they don't have anything prepared. They seem like they're... Both de Blasio and Cuomo seem like they're deer in the headlights, essentially. Yeah. When people ask them about it.
1: And the fact that they are are saying that, you know, yeah, the MTA should deal with it. Which definitely seems like passing the buck. Because, like, yeah, if you're an MTA employee, like who is who's the like is the conductor gonna shoo them away like who's like you know who's doing the outreach that's not supposed to be them yeah uh yeah i I mean i
0: understand the mta is frustrated they've had probably some of the most public deaths uh, numbers coming out from the coronavirus yeah uh but like they're 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 like they're They're like appeasing to a body that does not exist. There is no department of the homeless. There's no one person in charge of the problem. Everyone has to chip in, unfortunately. Um, But anyway, the mayor then came out with a uh, a list. His proposal is as of, I think, yesterday to close about nine stations.
1: I think it's uh, ten, yeah. Ten
0: stations, sorry. And I don't have to tweet. A nice round number. A nice round number. (laughs) Mostly stations, they would be closed late at night around like the 4 a.m., 3 a.m. range, and they would uh, bring in services and cleaners to help get the homeless off, which, yes, that's a good thing. It's good that you're bringing in extra people in. It's bad that you think that closing the stations is a solution at all. It's a, it's a bandage on top of a big wound, essentially. And the, he's touting it like he, it's like an initiative. And it's not. It's like it's something you you are pushing the problem off. And if anything, you're actually hurting the homeless who might need those stations anyway to yeah. like access services.
1: Well, so, it's also just so what is it's never clear. Like there d- never seems to be a sort of a step two in the process of okay so we get these people out of the trains where do they go like i've read some research that says that most people on average stay homeless on trains for like six months and and that is you know because like they're not trusting of the shelter system or you know but they're And that is definitely a thing that has to be built through trust of, like, you know, social workers reaching out multiple times and building that trust and getting them to, you know, get off the train and come into some sort of um, a shelter system. But there are also, like, people who are in dire need of medical care. And, you know, like, there are, you know... We call them the crazy people, but they're literally, you know, people with mental illnesses who are on the subways because that's the last place that they can go to. And, like, where do where do you put those people, you know? Like, do we have, you know, the capacity... For, you know, mental health programs that those people need or, you know, medication that those people need and all that stuff. The first step, like if we actually want to address the problem, there has to be more stuff that we do or we're just are shuffling them around. Like this is like a very minor example, like an anecdote that happened. But uh, so I live in the Upper West Side, as as we mentioned, and... There was killing it. Killing it. (laughs) Loving it. I am I am such a carry right now. Uh and um no, but there was a group of homeless men who was situated at this one block right by like a Sephora. And I even like saw on Reddit that people were like very upset about them being there, which i can sort of see why because they are sort of loud and they sometimes yell at you and i mean whatever but and you do see like the police interact with them a lot so the only thing that's happened now is that they basically just moved down a block so it's it's literally just that like and this is on a very small scale but that seems to be the level of like any sort of outreach slash policing slash anything that we're willing to, you know, do. It's just like, oh, there's a complaint about this specific sector, so let's move it away to somewhere else. As opposed to, like, okay, how do we, like, try to, you know, address the actual problem?
0: Um, Yeah, definitely. Um, But then it all led today to a press release from the MTA um, so, so for people who aren't familiar, the MTA is in charge of the New York City Transit Authority, uh, and it, it is ostensibly under Cuomo because he sort of controls the board. But this seems to just be by a person who didn't really run this past anyone because <laughs> it's incendiary. It's It, it, it like, historiates the mayor for what he's proposing. Uh, in context, it seems like, you know, I don't think I propose... I, I like said it very well, but like in context of what's happening, the mayor's initiative is kind of insensitive. And, but she puts it the best. She's, she, she lists like the things they've done. She says like, we've had to resort to hiring private security guards to serve as eyes and ears of the system because the police have not been enough, but the, it ends with this. The mayor should get out of his car and into the subways so that he can see what's really going on and solve the problem of his own making that's MTA <laughs> chief communications officer Collins nice. doing a fantastic job woo, woo. of summarizing what's happened and yeah that's pretty much it that's like that's like this is it's insane but this is probably the first person I've seen on like the public stage to like say the truth like this is yeah, yeah. people in charge need to stop like passing the buck yeah um,
1: no I I agree I agree with this lady
0: Abby Collins, doing a great job.
1: No, I mean, it is definitely true that like, and I mean, you see that above ground too. Like, you know, like de Blasio with all his like fighting for the little guy and fighting inequality. Like many times stopped such things as like vacancy laws for open like storefronts, for empty storefronts, like uh, vacancy taxes, sorry. Or, you know, just like, charging like luxury tax on luxury apartments or you know not encouraging enough development of non-luxury buildings like there's all these yeah. things that contribute to stuff that make people more likely to become homeless whether or not they end up on the train that's like they say there're only like 3000 i think people who live you know, outside the actual shelter system, but there are about like 60,000 more that do. So, like, there are all mm-hmm. these other people you don't even see every day who don't have a home. Yep. And, and yeah, as like, you know, the biggest and best city in the world with, you know, Wall Street and whatever, like, the fact that we're not able to help like those people is kind of infuriating.
0: The statistic that I think that shocked me when I heard about is that one in ten public school students are homeless. That's yeah, it's just like you don't see that because they're not the visible ones, but they're there. That's it. Um,
1: Speaking yeah. of uh, inequality, I suppose we could also talk about uh, how now that you know schooling has moved online, yes. even y- five weeks after. That happened some, you know, of those same kids still don't have laptops to allow them to even zoom into a meeting to use fun filters and fun (laughs) backgrounds to dress with their friends.
0: I believe Zoom is now banned because of some of the problems they've had oh Uh,
1: what are they uh, using are they aware by (laughs) are they
0: on to record our podcasts with i I like it a lot i think they're using microsoft teams i heard that from a father um who works at my company that's fair yeah i don't know but yeah it's it's kind of a shame i think the initial goal it was much it was like highly trumpeted that like every child's gonna get an ipad or a laptop That's like insane. (laughs) Like the scale of that program were it to actually be realized would be very expensive. So, but yeah, it is, I think it's a bad year to be a student. I think a lot of people's educations are kind of on hold at the moment.
1: I mean, the thing that I'm not a parent, neither of us are parents as far as we know, but it is kind of like from the sidelines, it seems very whiny when there are articles about like parents who are like, this is too much. (laughs) Yep. like in terms of like this you know having to like help my kid with schooling and stuff yeah uh
0: and it's always a white couple with nice macbook laptops in the photo yeah. who are having trouble like dealing with their kids and working their nice tech job at the same right. time it's not a family that can't even afford to stay at home because they need to keep working shifts <laughs> It's never that. That's the average. That's the average family in in the city, and that's never. They never gets publicity.
1: Yeah, and no, it's know. just like it's like those types of articles are for some reason infuriating to me. I think <laughs> <hope> so too. <laughs> it's just come on. Like, how difficult is it to? I mean, yes, I'm sure kids are handful, are a handful, but then again, you chose to have them, <laughs> and like, you know, like sitting with them like and doing some history homework yeah i'm sure you need some time for yourself i agree i also need time for myself but i didn't choose mm-hmm. to have kids so you know stop
0: complaining <laughs> I sh- we should also point out that doe's done kind of a a, a cool thing they've promised meals to anyone who can uh, come to the schools and pick them up yeah, every day no matter whether nice. you're a kid or not or no matter whether you're in your own system or not
1: That's very good considering that, you know, our food banks seem to be overrun and underfunded. uh,
0: We're having trouble feeding our aging population too. There's like a Department of Aging, which I only knew about today when I learned about today. But they're having trouble feeding them because it now requires you to go to a website or make a phone call. Whereas previously they could just go to a location.
1: yeah Yeah. i mean yeah i can't imagine i assume meals on wheels is still around
0: yeah Uh, it's a good rhyme someone should use it
1: (laughs) (laughs) no i mean i'm sure it's still around as an organization but i feel like you know that should still be able to function hopefully but yeah Yeah. i mean obviously though i I, there was an article uh i saw that was about how like some seniors are like loving the quarantine (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> they're having the time of their lives. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was like... <laughs> so that was nice. Yeah. You know, it's... Because I feel like there's also... I feel like if I were a senior, I would resent this. But, like, every story that comes out about seniors is always, like, some sort of, like, a sad tale, usually, about... Unless, like, they mm-hmm. get married when they're 90, and that's very romantic. But otherwise, it's <laughs> like, you know, like, so-and-so is all alone all the time. Or, like, you know, like, so-and-so... Uh, can't feed themselves or whatever but some like some seniors are like you know flourishing flourishing and probably are having either a great time or are as doing as well as the rest of us
0: <laughs>
1: you know yeah. it's it kind of i feel like it sucks like if any time there's like any cause to pay attention to your sort of age range it would would be for like some sort of like a sappy story Anyway, I'll I have tell you no one thing, point
0: though. I I don't think I want to put my parents into a nursing home after everything. Really, in my life, I've ever read.
1: Uh, uh, it it's grimly. rough. I mean, yeah. from uh, so my family is going through like something like that at the moment. Mm-hmm. When there's like a definite, I would argue, cause to put a member of our family in a nursing home. So I can definitely, I can see both sides here. Obviously, like...
0: It's situational. It's it's definitely,
1: like, you know, it does leave people more vulnerable. Though, from what I've read, like, I don't think COVID is more likely to spread at a senior home. It's just that, like, they were not prepared for it. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, if normal precautions are being used, I don't think, like, it's more likely to spread there. But... Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes it's just not possible to give the kind of care that you would want to give to, you know, your loved ones at your home. And still, whether it is maintain your sanity or whether it is like literally like to their benefit, I think, you know, sometimes more dedicated care is what you really need. Um, true. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's probably not the time to send people to a nursing
0: home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Though, I mean, this is very dark, but there are probably beds available. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's definitely, it's rough. I mean... Though you could always send them to a fun and sexy Florida (laughs) retreat. (laughs) A cruise ship? A cruise ship, perhaps. Uh, Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely rough. I I don't. I mean, there are no... I feel like you and I, we do come from, you know, like, cultures where it's very much frowned upon to, like, not care for your elders. Yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's definitely, like, a big um, dilemma.
0: Yeah. I think the solution for both of us is, uh, when we get older, is that we should marry a much younger person who's also a nurse. (laughs) 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 And then we get that built in, locked in. (laughs) Sounds like
1: a plan. Because, yeah, it is also, like, because, as I said, because of my family situation, I've definitely like given this more thought than i would have otherwise and yeah. uh i yeah i personally would not want to put that burden on a child or someone else because like it, it's an impossible decision like
0: <laughs> it really is
1: yeah
0: <laughs> well it's been an action-packed episode i want to thank our sources which is something we started doing in the last episode oh, yeah. for me it was uh, Melissa Russell, Nolan Hicks. They both have great Twitter accounts. Gothamist, New York Post, Politico, Benjamin K. Back at the Second Avenue Sagas. And I think we also did some stuff in the New York Daily News. Yes, which is another great uh, Daily drag. News
1: and uh, City and State. As well, yeah. and uh, did you mention the New York Times? I don't the know
0: gray you... lady herself. The
1: gray lady herself. Uh, yes, the
0: New York I Times. I believe
1: those were all of our resources. We, yeah. we might have mentioned a New Yorker article or something, but yeah, who cares it's about been... them?
0: <laughs> we're actually kind of privileged because I know in a lot of cities the s- newspapers are shutting down, but ours seem to be doing okay. Absolutely. At the
1: moment. I mean, the size yeah. of our city is basically the size of like a country.
0: <laughs> so pretty much. Pretty much. I think if you, like, Queens, I think the five boroughs beat, would all place in the top 10 uh, cities by population if they were cities. Or something crazy like that. Um, Oh, Yeah.
1: Um, Only
0: time for one more segment. Uh, New York moments. I've had the whole episode of trying to think of one that doesn't involve me walking or running in the park.
1: It's kind of hard to come up with New York moments where...
0: Uh, I think both of us hear the seven p. I think this is kind of like surprising to some people, but both of us can hear the seven pm like uh, applause. Yes, and
1: that was gonna be clanking. mine. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: what's your like relationship with it? For me, it's like a fun reminder to stop working.
1: <laughs> oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah. I think to be honest, I was super into it in the beginning and now it seems more of a chore, but I still yeah. applaud. And it's I gotta say, it's very loud where I'm yeah. at which is good. I I mean, yeah. I like there's more. I I think I've said this to you before, maybe to someone else about how like this is the most neighborhoody I felt my neighborhood you know, yeah. having lived here for over 4 years. Yeah. Um
0: Like the movie version of a neighborhood.
1: Yeah, you know, know. know, like where people like are peeking out. There have been times when uh, I've been on walks around 7 p.m. And you kind of see other people like starting to peek out of their windows or like come out of like the doors. Uh, of their building and just like applauding in the street they're like people banging pans and there's um dogs barking because i assume it's too loud (laughs) but uh yeah i mean it's definitely a very very nice gesture and it's very hard to be cynical about something like that um and some people even yell thank you (laughs) which is nice
0: (laughs) You know, you mentioned dogs. It's a great time to be a dog right now. Oh, for sure. A lot of one-on-one time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, A friend of ours has a dog, and she was saying that he's actually more tired than he's ever been. Uh, The dog. Uh, It's because she wakes up at very early in the morning, perhaps like 7 a.m. or something, but her boyfriend doesn't go to bed until, like, 4 a.m. So it's very hard for their dog to pay attention to all of them. So <laughs> he gets very tired. Uh, oh, but he's very cute. Very cute. Uh, but, yeah, I, I bet it's definitely a nice time to have a dog. Hopefully all the people who adopted dogs, you know, keep them <laughs> once all of this is done because you know it's like one of those things where like some shelters aren't open on christmas because they know that like that's a bad time to adopt a dog Uh, (laughs) but i'm definitely glad that a lot of pups get homes
0: and hey if there's a food shortage that's a meal right there (laughs) oh god (laughs) (laughs) well on that note (laughs) that wraps up this episode of i heart new york the only podcast that's about near today as Asterisk. far as I'm aware I'm Ann
1: <laughs> I'm Veronica Irovsky
0: and we'll see you on the subway
1: <laughs> well, well. <laughs>
0: virtual subway <laughs>